This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influencers. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Gordon, another week, another podcast. How are you doing? All good, yeah. I really enjoyed last week's podcast with uh, Jeremy Sampson, the brand father and the top 50 most valuable brands. And of course, today uh, you're going to be introducing our colleague here that uh, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest and fastest growing brands in the world. Um, it really is a fascinating case study in and of itself. So really looking forward to today. And uh, yeah, let's let's spend once again. Here we are. Once again, in lockdown, so if the sound isn't what it is, um, if we had our Luddites annual conference last week, but hopefully by this week we've, uh, we've improved a bit. Uh. Uh, well, we've pushed the record button and I've got my hands off the keyboard. So in theory, Gordon, everything's <laughs> okay. Gordon, uh, Greg Bailey, Greg, a big welcome from uh, one, one of the companies in the group that, that actually sponsors us, a Webfluential Head of Growth. Greg, to talk uh, TikTok. Thanks very much for your time and welcome. Thanks so much, gents. Looking forward to our conversation today. It's a long yeah, time yeah. coming. Yeah, and as Gordon said, you know, I mean, obviously it's a phenomenon. You know, I, I certainly am not a TikToker. Uh, I can't speak for Gordon. But uh, certainly, you know, if you could take us through that journey, uh, you know, just what it's all about. We know it's a social media phenomenon. We know it's seen exponential growth. It's just become part of the main sort of zeitgeist of, of society at the moment. But let's just take a step back. Let's just have, talk a little bit about the short history and where it is now globally as well as in South Africa. 
Yeah, it's quite incredible, guys. When we look at this platform, I think, um, obviously, if, if we go back to 2020, the world kind of moved into a lockdown, um, and people were looking for a welcome form of entertainment. Now, uh, if you consider TikTok, their mission statement is to inspire creativity and bring joy. And I think to a large degree, that's really what they deliver out on. They kind of position themselves, interestingly enough, speaking to the guys, they position themselves not so much as a social uh, media platform, but more so social entertainment platform. So it's all around short form video content. And again, what we're seeing is this, this massive array of content kind of being delivered out across multiple categories. So initially, early adopters to this platform, no doubt, were your, your kind of Gen Zs, your 13 to 24-year-old. And, and a lot of the kind of content was focused around dance and, and kind of fashion. But what we've seen is obviously this expand out across, across all, all categories. Um, and through that, they've seen this incredible growth. I think as it stands now, globally sitting at about 950 million users, uh, I'm almost certain probably finishing off kind of H2 or H1, should I say, half, um, halfway through the year, we'll probably get new numbers and they, they would exceed and go past that billion mark, which is pretty significant for a platform if you consider only having been around for about three years now. If you look at Instagram, they're sitting at about 1.7 or 1.8 billion users across the globe, but a platform that's been around for almost 10 years. Yeah, I mean, Greg, you, you, that's a really great synopsis. Um, Doc, you, uh, you will have noticed that Greg didn't mention baby boomers when he talked about the early adopters. Uh, <laughs> that attempt this week to, to engage with TikTok, and I was overcome by a series of, you know, or a bout of sort of Mild nausea. I couldn't differentiate, but if it was between my COVID nineteen shot or, or TikTok, so but that that sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. You know, if you are YFM in your radio station and I like what you're playing, then you've got a problem with your positioning. So I think if there is, you know, that's one thing about TikTok. It's clearly positioned. You know what you're getting when you go in there, and there are a lot of people who like it. I mean, I was amazed to to look at uh, the Walk Report on shoppable media. And globally, if you look at the number of people, uh, online users, who are, in, who are watching live stream influencers, 45% of online uh, people or users are, are, are watching uh, you know, you're live streaming from influencers. And that's in India, 29% in China, 17% in the US. Um, by the time we get to the UK, it's, it's 8%, but you know they, they kind of slow adopters anyway for most for most people. But, so so there it is Greg I'm just going to let you talk because I know he's he's a real uh, digital buff and just explain the whole thing to me and then you're going to tell me why I need to take it seriously look, look there's a couple of points you make there um, I, I think I'm going to start off by obviously like we said early adopters were your Gen Z's 13 to 24 Globally and locally, what we've seen, which is interesting, the next, um, well, the, the biggest growing audience segment actually sits in millennials, so age 25 plus. Collectively, that group actually makes up 67% of the total TikTok population across the globe. So we've seen this migration and we've seen this growth within older audiences. You touched on uh, Instagram, oh, not Instagram, sorry, uh, TikTok Live. You 100%. Um, and it kind of lends itself back to, we, we talk about, there's obviously a lot of discussion points around social commerce and obviously 
uses kind of this discovery type commerce. So obviously leaning into the social platforms to kind of find brands, discover brands, um, and then obviously check out. So, so what they've done incredibly well is that they've created a, a ecosystem, which is essentially what they call community commerce, which is the connection between brands, the users on the platform, and essentially creators. And what's incredible about this is how we actually see these creators being pulled in, exactly like you said, and driving out live shopping, which is incredible. I think a lot of that influence has come from their sister company in China. Um, this is how the, the, the Chinese shop ultimately. And, and a lot of those learnings are, are kind of bringing, bringing brought across into the Western world. And I think that's one of the big differentiators. If, if we look at TikTok, and this community commerce or this, the, this kind of uh, creator commerce, they leaps and bounds ahead of any of their competitors uh, when you compare them to the likes of Facebook and Instagram. So definitely something, and it's a trend going forward in the next kind of two to three years, expect to see a whole lot more happening in your feed and then direct purchase of so frictionless shopping. Oh, but I think I think that that is a point which which really surprised me. Uh, again, looking at that shopability report, um, in my mind, somehow I had, and it would seem erroneously, constructed a perspective that TikTok was all about just delivering vast audiences. But but it's 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 quite clear that it's a lot more than that. Um, and globally, uh, if if we look at this, you know that uh, TikTok's right up there. There are more people, or, you know, using uh, TikTok for uh, for campaigns uh, as a percentage of influencer marketers than than Facebook or YouTube, which which really is quite phenomenal. Uh, Instagram still is the big hitter, as you point out, but that's also a measure of longevity. So yeah, I you know I I really had to sort of swallow my own words and going back and realizing the shopability component of the whole thing, not just uh, a big platform for, for audience delivery, which is where I think I got it wrong. Doc, how are you with your TikToking? I haven't seen you on TikTok, which alarms me. Gordon, just talking of that and, and back to Greg's earlier point around segments and, you know, 13, 24 and, and millennials, I see there's a new segment, maybe new for me, silver TikTokers, Gordon, that's for us. It says over 55. So I just scrape in, which is, which is great. So Greg, uh, <laughs> I've got to get myself a silver a TikToker, Gordon, you can be a platinum TikToker, uh, and we'll and we'll get ready, ready to rock and roll. I think for the for the for the platinums, all you've got to do is get your conventional TikTok and put it on slow mo. I think that would probably just about do it. <laughs> now, Greg, just a little bit about segments and markets, and and as you say, you know, uh, as as the platform in its short space has evolved, I see now. And again, sorry to all the, the new uh, the new techno guys out there. I was watching on television on linear TV. I was watching the Euros. Okay, so sorry, I do apologize up front. I'm going to asterisk that. Uh, and I was watching the Euros, and, and quite interestingly, TikTok's a major sponsor of the Euros. You know, with the uh, you know with with all its soccer and all the rest of it, with a, with a byline where all fans play. I mean, what's your take on that? Is that a traditional market or is that purposefully where they're taking the brand into that sports space now? I think that's twofold, actually, if, if, you, if you consider it. Doug, yeah, I think um, first and foremost, I think that there's a massive opportunity um, to obviously jump on onto a, a sports event like the Euro, have a broad reach, across multiple audiences across the globe, not only in Europe, but across Africa, the Far East, and then obviously the Americas. And then I think further to that, what they've, they've kind of gone on to say or suggest that football culture on the platform in itself 
has obviously had a massive rise or explosion, should I say. You know, every, everything on this platform is, is kind of created around trends and virality. If you consider that they suggested that um, there's about 70 billion video views on the football hashtag in itself, just showing the amount of content that's obviously consumed and the amount of content that's created around um, football in itself. And then also what they've done really cleverly is they've lent themselves to the live streaming. So collaborated with uh, certain teams, the England team, for example, uh, the Dutch team, and then musicians like Ed Sheeran, who had a concert just a week ago at his home football club. It was the first time he was performing in two years, and he did it all through a TikTok live event, which is just simply incredible. So I think they... Uh, they they're breaking ground yeah i think they're super disruptive they're innovative and yeah i'm sure they're going to capitalize off the back of it and just to, to get a little bit sort of functional again um and a couple of key points here so in terms of ad formats uh, what are the kind of creative interventions that one can use um and you know from a media perspective as well what's the best sort of point of entry how, how do i put my toe in the in in the tiktok water so to speak Sure. So I, I, I think first and foremost, we've got to understand how critical uh, or the critical kind of um, pivotal role that creators play in this platform. So first and foremost, there wouldn't be a platform without, without the creators. So content is king. What we've seen is kind of nine out of 10 users trust UGC type content of a brand communication. And then nine out of 10 value authenticity when deciding on brands and, and, and the like. So First and foremost, for brands entering into the space, what I think it's pretty critical for them to, to firstly align to certain creators, obviously to create content that delivers out on their kind of brand messaging, but ultimately with the key objectives in mind, being either brand awareness, uh, driving in-store sales, generation, uh, lead generation, whatever the case may be. I think it's critical to rely on creators to, to, to bring the brand into their space in the most authentic and relevant kind of way. Um, from an ad format point of view, it's pretty similar to, to what we see on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Obviously, things to consider and what, what makes TikTok so unique is that essentially it's designed for, for full attention. So it's undisrupted in the sense that it's full screen full real estate essentially designed for sound on so the use of sound or music is critical and a big differentiator inside this platform obviously the use of sound in itself draws out an emotive play so so yeah i mean we've seen some some really great success on brands utilizing uh, creators to obviously take their messaging forward both from an organic and from a paid perspective um, and you'll be quite surprised i mean uh, it ranges from everything from your kind of cpg products or your FMCG products, your beauty through to fashion, but then some of the, the hardcore performance type verticals, um, guys like uh, with inside the e-commerce play and even insurance in itself, driving lead generation and insurance policies. Who would have thought? Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, Go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing.
No, go, uh, Greg, just talking a little bit about that. I mean, would you mind going into just a little bit of detail, one or two cases globally that have really captured your imagination? And then locally, you know, you're speaking about quite a wide array. You know, just in reading up on the topic, you know, I looked at originally the luxury brands, uh, Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, uh, D&G, not the Doc and the Guru, but before you get excited, <laughs> Dolce & Gabbana, Burberry Prada, those are the guys that got on initially. But I mean, let's just talk about Correct. one or two kind of current cases globally and one or two cases uh, locally. Cool. I'll, I'll touch on, I'll stay inside those two verticals, particularly because they are performance driven. Uh, pretty much everything works on a, on a ROAS metric. So every rand spent, they, they're expecting X amount in return. So, so from an insurance point of view, incredible to see if you look at some of the leading American type uh, insurance brands, Insured Nation, Lemonade, they've had massive success on the platform. Again, tapping into creators, having very fun, authentic, raw kind of uh, content, driving lead generation. Locally, we've done that with, with some of the, the, the leading kind of insurance brands. It's very early on, obviously, like I said. But what we've already seen is like an, an improvement, almost like a 2x improvement in terms of cost per lead. And then even tracking those leads into actual conversions, into policies actually signed and converted. We've seen a massive kind of conversion rate, which is incredible. Uh, when we look at e-commerce players, obviously, the big boys like eBay, ASOS, Zalera, all of them are obviously playing inside the platform. ASOS is obviously a, a fashion retailer. From a local standpoint, yeah, we've also been working with some of the big e-commerce brands. You can obviously kind of, it's the kind of two or three biggest guys within the South African market. And already what we're seeing is better buying efficiencies in terms of driving app installs or registrations. And then just in terms of actual revenue being generated and driving loyalty, we've seen a massive improvement, almost like 3x improvement um, compared to other channels. So definitely a channel to be reckoned with. And in some cases, it's outperforming your, your more traditional social channels, being Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, and you know, uh, you talked about some of the app market uh brands like Dolce & Gabbana, but um, I, I think one of the most successful case studies in the US uh, was in December last year with Walmart, where uh, they partnered with TikTok on a holiday shop along in, in December, sort of Christmas uh, holiday season over there, I guess you'd call it live stream, where TikTok creators, including the uh, leading influencer Michael Lee showcase favorite Walmart fashion brands. So, I mean, it, it clearly has an application way across the, the, the spectrum. And I was just trying while you were talking there, Greg, to, to visualize a point of difference in my own mind. So I think, I, you know, being trapped, as, as you can imagine, at my age in this sort of linear viewing uh, kind of thing, like the doctor degree, I'm sort of looking at content and then where I place my, my ad. So thinking of thinking of it as an onion, I'm kind of taking an outwards, inwards approach. But you've got to reverse that, haven't you? I mean, you've got to start on the inside and, and radiate your communication outwards. Um, it's a very, it's almost the reverse image of a traditional uh, linear media interplay. 100%. So, so what we've seen is obviously brands wanting to enter onto the platform. I think what's critical to the success is obviously the creative strategy. And in many cases, working even with some of the leading and the top kind of creator agencies or creative agencies within within South African market and even globally, we're actually, we're actually not able to crack it. The guys that can crack it are the creators. So in many cases, what we're doing is taking that, that kind of client brief and then obviously driving out that objective, 
sitting with the creative guys and brainstorming, kind of workshopping um, and allowing creative flow, letting them come back. And in many times when, we, when you kind of see the content, you don't believe it would work and you're like, what the hell is this? But yet it delivers out incredible results at the end of the day. So, so definitely relying on those creators to, to drive out that messaging and, and kind of uh, take your brand forward. I think, I think that's critical. I think it's. I'm just going back on. Sorry, if I just go back on another quick case study, I think a brilliant one. You're talking about one in the US, but just one in the UK, which is for a, an ice cream brand called Little Moon. Interestingly enough, again, did it when the UK was uh, going through lockdown in December, obviously winter. So, from a seasonality point of view, it's, it's not a great time of year for, for an ice cream brand. They paired up with, uh, with TikTok, ran a branded hashtag challenges. Uh, branded hashtag challenge, should I say, uh, collaborated with key creators. Interestingly enough, they, they actually sold out across uh, the UK. Sales increased at 700% at Tesco, which is just simply insane if you consider the power of this platform. Well, it's amazing, Greg. I mean, and, and again, you know, one of the universal truths, I guess, with any type of marketing, and you're looking at a new platform now and, and it's creator-led uh, and, and, and deep insights into particular verticals and narrow verticals is to trust the market informers. In other words, you know, marketing is often not for the marketing department. It's for your customer. And, and it should always be like it. And, and I guess this is another example of trusting your creatives and for them to also trust the creators, which is often not the creative department within an organization, within an, an ad agency at any rate. So I think it's important to, to, to understand that new value chain and new power play, you know, of creators who can actually make or break your brand within a, you know, a few postings, I guess. Spot on. You've got a 100% doc. Just, let, let's just loop back a little bit. We, we talked about the demographic. Uh, the profile was 67% in the kind of under 25 or kind of space there uh, of, of, the, of the users. But I'm not sure I, I made a note of, of a number. What, what is the, the quantum of people who are, who are currently TikTok users in South Africa? So, so Gordon, just going back, I mean, uh, the SA media landscape kind of referenced it at uh, 6 million. For a South African point of view, I think that that that's pretty much spot on. I think over and above, just obviously the size of that population is also the consumption from a global perspective. And again, that number will translate locally. We're seeing about six million users, but guys logging on on average about uh, seventy four minutes spent in app per day, which far exceeds any other social platform as well. Seventy four minutes on TikTok, Doc. Uh, are you above or below that average? Uh, let me uh, let me think about it, Gordon. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> no. Greg, just, um, yeah. just let's talk a little bit about education uh, for marketers out there. Let's change tech. So now you're a brand manager, you're a CMO, you're a creative house. You want to really get stuck into, into TikTok now. What is the best way to do it? I mean, again, you know, you guys are a sister company of ours. Uh, just talk about, are you offering, can you offer services? Can people contact you? How do they get a hold of you? And how would you guide them along that path? As Gordon said, not just your toe, but eventually your foot and then making it part of your brand strategy. 100%. Yeah, so, so first and foremost, we've obviously aligned with uh, TikTok. We obviously uh, joined in as a partner with the first creator brand X partner for Africa. Meaning what we've done is we've actually gone ahead and, and onboarded the top 100 TikTok creators in South Africa. So the idea there is obviously working with whatever given brand, whatever campaign or campaign objective, 
well aligned with the local TikTok creator managers, identify the guys that best fit. Um, and then through that, obviously strategize, build out a strategy. I think what's critical again, like any other platform or any other kind of campaign or any, any take on anything new, the idea is to really run it as a proof of concept. So, so start small, test, learn, reiterate, and then scale it. But definitely to date, we've, we, we, again, we've seen some incredible results across all verticals, all brands, driving multiple different objectives. So I, I think aligning with the right creators, getting that content created, we can almost ensure success. Yeah. And you know, there's, uh, yeah. You know, Greg, I mean, one of the things we always try to encourage on our show, it's not just about Gordon and I chatting to, to a very interesting person yourself being this week's very interesting guest. It's for listeners to get involved. So how would they get involved if they want to be part of this conversation, uh, understand the 100 top, uh, top influencers, etc. How do they work? What's the best way to get hold of you? Easiest is probably through LinkedIn. So it's Greg uh, Bailey. Alternatively, they can jump onto webfluential.com, submit a, a request through that. That'll obviously be redirected and then I'll get in contact with them personally and arrange some, some time. Excellent. Thank you. That's important. Yeah, are two brands out there. You know, here's, an, here's an, uh, an obligation type thing from our point of view. We're just merely trying to be a conduit to, uh, you know, creatives, to a whole lot of interesting people out there. There's Greg. Get hold of him. Be part of the conversation. Sorry, Gordon, I interrupted you. No, no in fact, I, I was just going to, to comment, you know, that, I mean, I, my mind resonates with anything which looks like we're talking about advertising as a holistic uh, industry in which to work, which it used to be in the 70s and the 80s. And, and you know, Greg, if I was to do a word cloud, you know, of, of, of your of the terms you've used, I mean, the w- working alongside, working with creative, creative and alongside and teamwork and joint creation of content is, is a theme which played through there. And I think that's something which is very refreshing with any media owner. And if I look at the media owners that are struggling right now, like radio, if I look at, uh, at print, they've become so divorced from the creative process and so hardwired into trying to sell numbers, whether they're listeners, viewers, or, or readers into media agencies, that they've forgotten the primary way to create effective communication is to work side, you know, alongside the creative team with the messaging. So, I mean, I think that alone is a big invitation to me to, to rethink myself and rethink my reticence um, and, you know, and to move off just the big numbers, which are the kind of questions I was asking into, Greg, the space you were talking about. How do, I, how do I get to work with you as a media person or a creative person? I think that, for me, is the refreshing tonality. Yeah, 100%. You've got it spot on. You really do. For me, I think bringing different media types together. And if you look, you use radio as an example, and one of the uh, spin-offs of radio is, is podcasting. So quite a lot of radio stations these days, if I go onto, onto their web presence, you know, I can download various podcasts, a lot of them for free, some of them paid for, etc. They've got social media feeds. So they've brought a whole lot of that stuff together. But I mean, absolutely, it's, it's a question of continuously evolving, continuously staying abreast of, of development. Uh, and today, it's, it's TikTok, so it's bringing that into the mainstream. And you, and you see you know, if you look at the primary sort of younger target audience that Greg spoke about earlier, if you look at some of your primary targeted young uh, perhaps radio stations, is to marry those two uh, those two types of media. Yeah, and I've just actually come up now thinking about the platinums and the silvers, Doc. I think we're going to have to just re- rebrand this 
Because you know when people of my age, you have to say it twice. And we might just have to call it tick, tick, tock, tock, or tick, tock, tick, tock. One of the two. Tick, tock, one tick, tock, repetition. <laughs> <laughs> With that, oh, I'm going to bow out and leave it to you sensible people. Uh, and while I lock myself away from the whole pandemic nightmare, I'm so over it. Uh, but I guess we've got to take it seriously to all of those out there who are struggling with it. For those of you who've had friends who have tested positive and or indeed lost, uh, our thoughts are with you. There are a lot of people in the media industry right now that I'm aware of who are struggling with it. Guys, we, we're thinking of you and uh, wish you well as you as you make your way through this, uh, this whole pandemic. Guys, there's got to be a, a place at the end of it for all of us, and I look forward to meeting you there. Ciao. Thanks, uh, Gordon. Greg, thanks for your time again. And, and again, you know, to all people out there, all listeners of ours, please be part of the conversation as we always ask. Uh, get hold of Greg uh, at, at Workfluential. Get onto his LinkedIn. He spoke about that. Uh, find out about TikTok. Uh, and as you, you know, t- take your brand to the next level. Greg, thanks very much for your time. We really appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll see you around. James, thanks so much. It was great fun. And uh, yeah, always enjoy speaking to you. Until next week, we'll catch you then. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Matanz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.